Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's Monday, July 11th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, could an MIT idea to ease the climate crisis by blowing up giant sun-blocking bubbles in space actually work? Plus, the Polynesian voyagers who are reviving ancient seafaring techniques and traversing thousands of miles across the ocean without maps or modern technology. And a cool little interactive Easter egg from the latest season of Stranger Things. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Like I and others have said before, emerging tech that seeks to ease the climate crisis feels a bit like the dot-com bubble right now. You know, Tons of money is being poured into the sector towards all sorts of different technologies, all promising bigger and better solutions for this absolutely critical dilemma. But will any of them actually pull it off in a significant enough way to be effective? Well, here's another one to add to the bubble. Actual bubbles. Space bubbles, as the MIT scientists working on them have dubbed them, would be manufactured in space and act as a sort of shield for the Earth from solar radiation. The space bubbles would be on a raft roughly the size of Brazil and carefully positioned in Lagrange Point 1 between the Earth and Sun. The idea of using something to shield the Earth from solar radiation is not an entirely new concept, but the team at the MIT Sensible City Lab might be closer to turning the idea into reality than anyone yet. As Science Alert summarizes, quote, First proposed in the late 1980s, the suggestion of using a vast space umbrella to block a tiny proportion of solar radiation isn't quite as far-fetched as it sounds. Yet even if the fundamental concept of cooling Earth with some kind of orbiting shield is feasible, the materials required wouldn't exactly be off the shelf, requiring properties that made them robust, lightweight, and optically suitable. Initial suggestions centered on a 2,000-kilometer-wide glass sandwich blown from materials mined from lunar rock. Placed in a precise balance between the sun's and Earth's gravity and the impact of solar rays and particles, it would reflect an amount of light calculated to mitigate the steady rise in temperature. Since then, a variety of alternatives have been considered, from hydrogen-filled aluminum balloons to an artificial ring of particles that would turn Earth into a miniature Saturn. End quote. Like the promises of many climate crisis-oriented solutions, each one of the alternatives have had their selling points, but hit a wall when it came to executing the actual science of it all. 
The latest attempt making headlines is not yet a peer-reviewed study, just a call from the MIT team for a feasibility study, basically getting some attention on their plan and ideas so that the work can be built upon and maybe be executed if, as Carlo Rotti from the MIT Sensible City Lab says, quote, geoengineering approaches become urgent, end quote. The team has, however, achieved one important part of the proposal, a prototype of the space bubbles. Quoting further from Science Alert, Made from a homogenous substance like molten silicon, the subtle variations in thickness in the bubble film could reflect a variety of wavelengths of solar radiation, increasing its efficiency. And unlike the complex origami required to fold and unfold large reflective fabrics for delivery, a sheet of bubbles could be blown in place optimizing costs. Preliminary experiments have shown it's possible to inflate thin film bubbles at a pressure of around three thousandths of an atmosphere, maintained at a temperature of negative 50 degrees Celsius. End quote. Now, those temperature and atmospheric pressure conditions were meant to mimic the conditions of outer space, showing how this could conceivably work to inflate the bubbles once they're up in space, instead of having to transport them safely up there. Which also becomes more relevant when you think in the long term about replacing the bubbles. The team says they would need to study, quote, effective replenishment rate, end quote. And if we deploy the whole big bubble array and it doesn't work for whatever reason, well, the bubbles can just be popped, basically. They actually have a whole plan on how that would work to reduce space debris and make sure the whole endeavor is essentially fully reversible. Which is good, because even though this MIT team presents geoengineering as possibly, quote, our final and only option, end quote, at a certain point in the climate emergency, others at MIT have previously warned that solar geoengineering could actually harm our planet, or at least affect it in loads of ways we aren't quite certain about. The Space Bubbles team says if their bubbles work and they can deflect just 1.8% of solar radiation, it would fully reverse today's global warming. But the other MIT team, writing in 2020, used modeling to determine that were that much solar radiation to be deflected, we could see a host of potentially unfavorable outcomes, such as less wind to clear away air pollution and affecting the circulation of ocean waters, changes to extratropical storm tracks, and cooling the equator while the poles still warm, leading to further changes in storm tracks. Co-author Charles Gertler said at the time, quote, a weakened storm track in both hemispheres would mean weaker winter storms, but also lead to more stagnant weather, which could affect heat waves. Across all seasons, this would affect ventilation of air pollution. It also may contribute to a weakening of the hydrological cycle with regional reductions in rainfall. These are not good changes compared to a baseline climate that we're used to. End quote. So there are many reasons to be cautious when it comes to solar engineering, and even if you focus on the reversibility of these space bubbles and want to have hope for at least trying them out, they will require massive amounts of funding and international cooperation, two things our planet historically sucks at when it comes to the climate crisis. So, as both the Space Bubbles team and every outlet reporting on it reminds us, we cannot ever believe that one single idea holds the key to stopping or reversing climate change. It will take many different solutions and huge amounts of commitment from people, governmental bodies, and financial backers all around the world to make a dent. While they could help, don't be misled by these space bubbles or the greenwashing bubble. 
Both are liable to pop at any time. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com PA3 today and play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. I can barely drive to a new place without using Google Maps, but some voyagers in Polynesia have been sailing thousands of miles without the use of any maps or modern technology. Just the stars, the wind, the sun, wildlife, and ancient methods passed down through the generations to steer them. Spearheading this movement to return to traditional forms of seafaring is the Polynesian Voyaging Society, or PVS, which formed in 1976. PVS built a double-hold sailing canoe, Hokulea, and reached out to one of the only remaining master navigators in Polynesia, who had been trained by his grandfather. Their goal was to revive the ancient customs, prove it was and always had been possible, and try to reclaim pride for their culture and heritage, which had been oppressed and shamed for centuries. Quoting the BBC, Polynesian wayfinders intuited Mother Nature's signals to successfully migrate among and settle more than 1,000 scattered islands across the Polynesian Triangle between New Zealand, Hawaii, and Easter Island. But after European and U.S. colonization in the late 1800s, history classes throughout Polynesia told a different story. Children were taught that wayfinding long distances was impossible without instruments. Instead, they were told ancient Polynesians drifted directionless, accidentally stumbling upon then settling the Pacific Islands. The dismissive history lessons, paired with colonizers prohibiting native languages and cultural events in places like Tahiti and Hawaii, sowed decades of sorrow and fury on many Pacific islands, end quote. When the first PVS crew successfully sailed Hokulea nearly 4,000 miles from Hawaii to Tahiti, a 33-day journey without the aid of navigational instruments, believed to be the first such journey in hundreds of years, they were met by a crowd of 17,000 celebrating Tahitians and helped launch a renaissance of traditional Polynesian culture and pride. Now, it wasn't all smooth sailing in the beginning. The master navigator they originally reached out to, Mao Piailug, gave up on them during that initial journey, leaving them with just some instructions he recorded on a tape. He'd been frustrated by the crew's infighting and lack of discipline. On the next journey they attempted, without Piailug, the ship capsized and they lost one of their own. Eventually, PVS founder Nainoa Thompson convinced Piailog to return, to help them pass on the skills and traditions so that the knowledge would not die with him. It went against tradition for the knowledge to be shared outside Piailog's family and community, but he recognized the importance of keeping the tradition alive. And the last rule that Thompson asked Piailog to bend before he passed away was allowing women to become master navigators and undergo the sacred Po ceremony. Piailog would not perform the ceremony himself, but he told Thompson, who had been initiated previously, that he could. 
In the almost 50 years since the organization was founded and the thousands of voyagers and navigators they have trained, no women have received Poe just yet. But PVS Voyaging Director Lehua Kamalu is well on her way. In May, she completed the 3,000-mile, 20-day journey from the Big Island in Hawaii to Tahiti, following the ancestral sea road created by Pele, the Hawaiian goddess of fire. Kamalu told National Geographic, quote, She's a goddess, but she's also a woman who is the first to truly navigate and open up the pathway from Tahiti to Hawaii. So even though we don't hear the stories of the female figures who came after her, that is a very, very powerful story to consider and to think about. End quote. Kamalu is the first female captain and navigator of Hokulea, the same ship PVS first sailed on in the 70s, and she's the first known woman to captain and navigate a long-distance ocean voyage without modern navigational technology, which she did back in 2018. And just how does one navigate thousands of miles without a GPS or even a map or compass? Constant observation of your surroundings. Wind, currents, and the sun during the day, the stars at night, after you've memorized an extensive map of hundreds of stars, and different types of birds as you get closer to land. All of these are constantly changing as you move, and you must analyze them in concert with one another along the journey. Thompson says on the PVS website that navigators are usually awake for 21 to 22 hours a day, only getting catnaps when they can, and that when you start out, you're using a lot of geometry and math to work out the ancient navigational tactics, but over time, you start to internalize it all and can feel it. He shares an anecdote about training under Pialog, who went to sleep and told Thompson to navigate overnight. Thompson wanted to challenge himself and changed course, just to see what would happen. When Pialog woke up, he knew where they were. He'd been able to feel the change and the direction of the change even while lying in bed in the hull of the ship. As Kamalu explained it, quote, You're the only one who knows where we've been. You've added it all up in your head, and it's pretty hard to convey that to someone else. You're constantly keeping track of your progress along that ancestral pathway. End quote. Kamalu may one day become the first woman to receive Po, but for now, she's going to keep sailing. And PVS is gearing up for its 50th anniversary with a five-year, 41,000-mile circumnavigation of the Pacific Ocean. And along the way, they plan to continue teaching young navigators and sharing the stories of their various cultures with a goal of reaching 10 million people by 2026. Volume 2, aka the final two episodes of Stranger Things Season 4, dropped at the start of the month and fans are still finding tiny details they missed on the first viewing, which I don't blame even the most diehard fans for missing details on their initial watch. Between the tense emotions, violent gore, epic music, and almost four-hour runtime, it was tough to pay attention to the background minutiae. But the Duffer Brothers and co. love a good Easter egg. They're up there with Marvel at making every bit of set dressing matter, imbuing the scenes with clues for upcoming storylines or just fun bits that could break the fourth wall. This latest discovery to spread around social media is the latter. Without getting into any spoilers, there is a new character who works at a pizza shop in this season. We see him answer the phone in a pretty creative way in one scene and later see him drive the pizza shop's delivery van. Eagle-eyed fans noticed a phone number painted on the van and decided to try calling it, as everyone at least thinks about doing when presented with a rare not-555 number on TV. 
If you call 80545-PIZZA right now, well, you will probably get a busy signal. That's what I've been getting all day, but individual and media accounts assure me that if you can get through to 80545-PIZZA, the experience is a real treat. And hey, if you want to go a step further, Walmart partnered with Netflix to introduce a frozen pizza in a box designed to look like the Surfer Boy Pizza restaurant in the show. It is currently sold out online, but you might still get lucky if you check stores in person. Stock up on a bunch to keep in your bunker's freezer in case things really go sideways in the future. Or should I say, upside down. And just a heads up, NASA decided to release the first of the James Webb Space Telescope photos a day ahead of schedule. By the time you listen to this, they will most likely be live. They're dropping at 5 p.m. Eastern today, Monday the 11th, and it seems like they last minute moved around their entire intricate full-day livestream agenda because someone decided President Biden should be the one to introduce the first photo. Which, you know, it is an exciting thing, so it's cool for the president to be involved as a sometime event coordinator, however, well, my thoughts go out to the dozens of people who were probably left scrambling over the weekend as soon as that change was announced internally. (laughs) Either way, it's going to be really freaking cool, and the full drop will still be happening tomorrow at 10.30 Eastern. This first photo is not live yet as of recording, but I am sure if you look at any science outlet or NASA account, you will be able to find it. And that's going to be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.